Welcome, everybody, to the NFL Show on the Grueling Truth Sports Network. The NFL Show is brought to you by Manscaped. Make sure you check them out at manscaped.com. TGT20 to get 20% off all your first purchase and free shipping. I'm your host for the NFL Show, Mike Goodpaster. Right now, I'd like to welcome in Sam Teets. How you doing, Sam? I'm doing great, Mike. How about you? All right. Good news for the Steelers. They might get to win a playoff game because the Cleveland Browns are infected. I bet that's been said before in the city of Cleveland. Um, when we look at this, the Cleveland Browns head coach, Kevin Stefanski, two additional members of the coaching staff and two players have tested positive for COVID-19. It will not be available for the AOC wildcard game against Pittsburgh on Sunday night if the game remains as scheduled. Is there any way they would move this game? You know, you think they would at some point just for the integrity of the, like, the, integrity of the game being allowed them to like, play full squads against each other. But they're probably not going to. I mean, we already know the Buccaneers are not going to have Devin White because of COVID-19. The Saints might be without Alvin Kamara, so they're not going to move this game. The NFL just won't do it at this point. Well, the, the NFL said at the start of the season they would not move because of competitive concerns. It would only be if they thought there was a possibility of a larger outbreak amongst the team. And when you look at this, the Steelers are not going to be completely healthy either. They're going to be missing some guys also. The big question is, this is just Tuesday, Sam. Things could get a lot worse. Yeah, at this point, if you're an organization, the Browns or Steelers, you're telling your guys, look, be very careful for at least the next week. And, you know, people threw out the idea of having a bubble for the NBA playoffs. I don't think that would work just because of the sheer size of NFL rosters and even personnel and staffs and stuff like that. I don't think a bubble would ever work in these situations. But as a team, you do have to be very cautious about what your players are doing because they bring it into the locker room. If the NFL is not going to let you play, I mean, or not going to let your guys play, not going to reschedule the competitive concerns, you have to be very careful what your players are doing. Well, if they're sick, can't they just wear masks? Because masks 100% protect you, Sam. <laughs> yeah, I don't think – they're not going to let anyone they think who is infected anywhere near a football field. Sissies. In 1975, they'd have played without masks. I, I want to yeah, see what our – Yeah, because 1975 was when men were men and women were women, and there was no in-between. All right, we've got your quarterback power rankings today, as always, on Tuesday. These rankings are a little bit different, correct, Sam? Yeah, I'm kind of doing like the end-of-the-year rankings, sort of like end of the year. We're looking at the entirety of body of work throughout the season, not just previous games. We didn't take the previous games into account a little bit for close uh, – for close matches between quarterbacks, but overall, this is more of an end-of-season rankings than a Week 17 rankings. All right, number one, you've got Aaron Rodgers. I don't think anybody can debate that. This might have been Aaron Rodgers' best season he's ever had at close to the age of 40. Uh, a passer rating of 121.5, uh, five interceptions, 4,300 yards, 48 passing touchdowns. I don't think anybody can debate that Aaron Rodgers had the best season out of anybody in the NFL this season. To me, it's hands down Aaron Rodgers. It's shocking. I still see some people putting Patrick Mahomes ahead of him. I just don't understand that at this point. To me, it's very clearly Aaron Rodgers. Some people are favoring Josh Allen, so I'd like to favor the underdogs here. But Josh Allen, to me, is still a mile behind Aaron Rodgers. I think Rodgers has wrapped this one pretty easily. And he's leading the NFL in completion percentage right now at 70.7%. That's something he's never done before. So you're right. This is arguably the best season of his entire career. And he's won two MVPs well, already. And the thing is this, Josh Allen hasn't won a Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes has won one. But Aaron Rodgers has been doing this for over a decade. So they're going to be a mile behind him, even if we think they're better than him. I don't think they are right now. 
But when we look at this, you got Josh Allen, number two, Patrick Mahomes, number three. I have no issue with that because I think Josh Allen is better than Patrick Mahomes. And I think I've been saying that for a while. So You've been saying that for a couple of months. And I agree this season, I think Josh Allen's been better than Patrick Mahomes. Because Mahomes had three or four really bad games down the stretch. All right. Number four, Deshaun Watson. I think he's better than Patrick Mahomes also. Well, he's done it quite a bit. I mean, honestly, if, he, if the Texans were in the playoffs right now, I think he would also be in the MVP conversation. If Texas well, had been the, a 10 or 11 win team, I think Deshaun Watson's probably number two or number three in the MVP right now. But like, yes, if they were at a, if they were a playoff team, he'd probably had 5,600 passing yards and probably 50 touchdowns and five interceptions. If you watch what he did against the Tennessee Titans, if you watch what he did against the Bengals, I know it's the Bengals, but the Titans aren't a bad football team. They're in the playoffs. Deshaun Watson carries this team. You watched it all year. The Colts games go down to the wire. Almost every game they played seemed like it went to the wire because Deshaun Watson was dragging them there. It makes you wonder what would have happened. And it makes you wonder what happens in Bill O'Brien's house when his wife just looks at him and says, why'd you get rid of DeAndre Hawkins or DeAndre Hopkins? Yeah, I mean, can you imagine? If they because if you DeAndre keep Hopkins that team intact, yeah. If they keep Hopkins, if they keep their whole team there, they're in the playoffs right now and they probably win the AFC South. It's even even though the Tennessee Titans are a good team, I believe, I don't think they're a dominant team this year. I don't think there was a dominant team coming out of the AFC South. So if you have DeAndre Hopkins along with Deshaun Watson, I think you're looking at a 5,000-yard passer and probably a 10 or 11-win team. Yeah, and it, it doesn't take much in the NFL to change a 4 or 5-win team to a 9 or 10-win team. We've seen that happen. Every year there's teams that do that. Number five, Tom Brady. Did you think you'd have Tom Brady in the top five after the first month of the season? No, I had, there was no idea. I had no idea it was going to be this high. I thought he was going to be closer to like that 10 to 12 range. So we start to see some disconnect there. But obviously when you switch systems, that happens. He's really come on strong at the end of the season. Obviously they're not playing the best defenses, but I still think you have to reward him for what he's done at 43 years old. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, 4,600 yards, 40 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Then when you look at it, has there, I don't think, I don't even think you have to look this up. I don't think there's ever been a 43 year old quarterback put up those numbers. I don't think there's been a 43 year old quarterback to throw for 4,000 yards, let alone 4,640 touchdowns. All right. Number six. Did you think after a month of the season that Russell Wilson would not be in your top five? That's also a no. Cause I thought Russell Wilson was leading for the MVP discussion at the time. I was a little about him today, I mentioned this at some point where he hits the middle of the season, maybe a little bit past the middle of the season, and then his play kind of declines. We've seen it happen in previous seasons. I don't know why that happens. I don't know if it's just defenses adjust to whatever they're doing, but it happened again this year, and it happened in larger fashion than it has in the past. He finishes the year 40 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. It's not a bad season. It's a very good season, but it's not the MVP one that I was expecting him to have. Well, let's face it. 40 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, and 4,200 yards passing is a great season. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's a fantastic season, but it's just the fact that he somehow ends up at six is you have five quarterbacks who had arguably better seasons than he did this year. Oh, there's no doubt they did. And number seven, Ryan Tannehill. Did you think he'd be in your top ten at the end of the season? I know you didn't, so don't lie. Yeah, I know. I really didn't. I thought Ryan Tannehill was going to have a bit of a, a fluke after last season. You know, he played really well. I think he was a top ten. He was in my top ten at the end of last year, but coming into this season, I didn't have him up there. I thought he would kind of take a step back, but really he did He's been just as efficient, uh, 33 and it looks like he's found a real home in Tennessee, and it's been a great improvement without Adam Gase as a head coach now. 
So are you surprised that the Ravens are favored by three and a half points going to Tennessee for the playoffs? Their favorite. That's interesting. I thought they would be the underdog, but not by a lot. I thought it'd be a very close spread, but three points to the or three and a half points to the rings. I am surprised. I am a little surprised that they're favorite because I thought after what Tennessee's done the past couple of weeks, I know their defense isn't great, but I figured Derrick Henry, Tannehill, I thought they would be favored in this game for sure. Let's get this straight. Our defense has been terrible. Yeah. I mean, I guess Houston, they it's were terrible. They've been here. And yeah, and I can see why in Baltimore is a more popular team with Lamar Jackson. I will warn people this, including Bobby Sheridan Report, who I know is probably going to drop money and, you know, take Baltimore. Uh, Tennessee beat them this year. They dominated them last year in a playoff game. So I would take that. I think that game is a complete toss-up. I think it is the most competitive game of the weekend coming up also. No, I agree. I wouldn't want to bet money on that game if I could avoid one because they did go to overtime when they played in the regular season and ended up being 30-24 in favor of Tennessee, but that was an overtime game. So realistically, this is going to be probably as close as you can get this this, uh, wild card round. Yeah, and to tell you the truth, I would bet whatever team was getting the three and a half points. That's how close a game I think this is. Yeah, I mean, why not? It's going to be down to the wire, and it could be even closer than three points. Like you say, it's going to be a situation where it's Derrick Henry versus arguably the best running team in the NFL versus the best running back in the NFL. And we'll just see how it works out. It might come down to which team has the better defense here. Yeah, and I don't. Th- I haven't been overly impressed with the Ravens' defense. Holding the Bengals to three points doesn't impress me. <laughs> it's just no. You, you should that should just you should just do that if you're a decent defense. Any defense should hold the the Bengals down to that few points. But really. Baltimore's defense is nowhere near as good as was here. last year. It was like a top three defense in the NFL. This year, they make mistakes. Marcus Pierce is not having a very good year. They've dealt with injuries up front. I'm concerned about Baltimore's defense holding up against Derrick Henry and a stout Tennessee Titans offensive line. Yeah, and that's the offensive line and the quarterback are why I would give Tennessee a small edge. Not by a lot, because also I think Mike Vrabel's a good coach, but I think John Harbaugh is a great coach. So that kind of evens that out a little bit, but I'm always going to go with the team with the better offensive line. Number eight, Kirk Cousins. Number nine, Derek Carr. Number 10, Ben Roethlisberger. So Big Ben got back into your top 10 with one good half in the last six weeks. Um, Derek Carr, I think, is a guy that he's basically got Waller and that's it. Kirk Cousins, I mean, the Vikings definitely underachieved this season, but I don't think it was because of Kirk Cousins. No, and Kirk Cousins, you remember his start to the season where he was throwing exceptions left and right for like the first six weeks. And since then, he's been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So he really turned his season around. I never thought after the first month of the year he would be in the top 10 at the end of the season. But he has really turned things around. A lot of that is due to Justin Jefferson and how he emerged in that offense. And also Adam Thielen getting healthy and being a huge red zone threat. Yeah, and Derek Carr, if you know Gruden decides to just run the ball into the end zone at the end of the game, they probably beat Miami, and we're sitting here talking about a 9-7 and seven record, which I think would be an improvement over last season. I think he still needs more weapons. When you look at Big Ben, my question is, are we going to get the Big Ben we got the first 10 weeks of the season in the playoffs, or are we going to get the Big Ben that we saw the last six weeks of the season? Well, that's why Ben even cracks the top 10 years because he was pretty good. He was very efficient for the first 10 weeks of the year. Despite, you know, he's throwing the ball very quickly, obviously, and it might take away a little bit of from your evaluation of him. But the offense was running. It was working. And they were beating competitive teams like Baltimore when Baltimore was healthy and Tennessee. And then you turn around and look at the last six weeks, and you're like, what happened? So he sneaks into the top ten barely. 
because of what he did at the beginning of the year. Well, then you're a Steeler fan. I'm just kidding because I thought you I thought you underrated him most of the year. Number eleven, Drew Brees, um, twenty four touchdowns, six interceptions, almost three thousand yards in twelve games. Pretty good numbers. I actually. Nah, I wouldn't put him. I, I might put him above Ben, but I probably wouldn't. I, I could see a year top 10, I'm pretty good with. Um, I think the 11, Drew Brees, 12, Justin Herbert. Drew Brees, I'm fine with at 11. He didn't play poorly. I think it really hurt him not to have Michael Thomas. Yeah, that was for most of the year, not just the past couple of weeks. I mean, even to start the year, Thomas has played, what, like five games this season? He's dealt with a lot of injuries. And really, Drew Brees, I think we. Or maybe I underestimate how much the ribs would impact him coming back. And it sounds like he's done. It sounds like this is his final year with the Saints. They're going to try to make a playoff push here and see how this works out. But if I'm being honest, after 9 or 11, my rankings get a little shaky. I think you'll agree with that. I think after 9 or 11, I kind of, I'm at a point where it's just like everyone else. Here you go. Yeah, number 12, Justin Herbert. I don't agree with you that it's a promising development to lose Anthony Lynn because I think the Chargers overall are a mess as an organization. Anthony Lynn was there four years, took him to the playoffs twice. They finished seven and nine this year. You lost Derwin James. You didn't have Bosa for part of the season. This team, I think, if they were completely healthy, would have made the playoffs. I don't think this is Anthony Lynn's fault. I think it's a bad hiring. And I think the Chargers aren't the greatest organization in the world. So I think this could actually be a bad thing for Herbert because I think it's very possible the Chargers will bring in somebody worse than Lynn. Well, that's true. I didn't take into account the fact that they could potentially make this even a worse situation. I would like to point out, though, they have won their last four games at the end of the season. But we've seen coaches do that before. We saw Dan Quinn do that, where he won, I think, like, what, six of the final seven games of the year in his job going to the next season. I would be a little worried about, you know, getting strong at the end of the year. They lost a lot of comeback games, a lot of close situations at the end of games. I mean, I thought Anthony Lynn was going to have to be going no matter what. But I agree, there is, there's only some qualified head coach out there. And in fact, the Chargers can get well, one. They're probably maybe third line this year for a new head coach, maybe second. So it's going to be interesting to see how that works out. And I'll still say this, half the guys that are in the NFL as head coaches aren't qualified. I think Anthony Lynn is. I think it's a mistake. I think he'll get a job somewhere else, and I think he'll do well. 13, Kyler Murray makes me think you're smoking crack. I don't know how Kyler Murray could be in the top half. I don't know how Kyler Murray can be ahead of Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, Matthew Stafford, Matt Ryan. I mean, Dak Prescott, who didn't play, Joe Burrow, who didn't play, Phillip Rivers at number 20, I think is an atrocity when you got Kyler Murray at number 13. I knew this was coming. I have problems at 13. I have like 14 as well, potentially. And I knew 20. 20 for Philip Rivers. I agree is problematic. I want to put him higher, but realistically, I know Joe Burrow and Dak Prescott didn't play much, but even if you moved ahead of those two guys who were injured, he's still eight. He's still 18. He's not going to go that much higher. Philip Rivers? I think you could put Philip Rivers over Matthew Stafford. I think you could put Philip Rivers over Matt Ryan. Philip Rivers is in the playoffs, right? He is in the playoffs. I'll give you that. He's gotten that far. All right, and I think, I, I, I think this, I think 13 should be Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I think 12 should be Baker Mayfield. I think 13 should be Justin Herbert. I think 14 should be Phillip Rivers. Really I, don't, I don't know about Baker. I mean, Baker, we were talking about this guy weeks into the year. We were still talking about him being manager, and he's been caught in fire six weeks. So it's not like he's been doing this all year long. We were talking about him as a game manager at most for 10 weeks. 
Does he have does he have Cleveland in the playoffs? He does have Cleveland in the playoffs. Okay. Is Kyler Murray got the Cardinals in the playoffs? And Kyler Murray, I mean, it looked like he had the playoffs clinched a few weeks ago until he played like absolute crap most of the last month of the season, correct? I'll pull up the numbers for the month, but he did they did look on a win. And they lost two of the last three to end up missing the playoffs. They lost San Francisco and to the Rams, but he didn't play most of the Rams game, obviously. Yeah, because, I mean, I can't see guys that are losing being much higher. Than, I mean, it's not like they made a run to get an 8-8. Eight eight. Um, Lamar, I could see Lamar as high as 12 or 13. Lamar's a runner. He's not a quarterback, but he's a really good runner, and he fits what they do. I think Matt Ryan had a good season. Matt Ryan was just in a mess. Same thing with Matthew Stafford. I mean, I think Matthew Stafford is a stud. And if Matthew Stafford gets the hell out of Detroit or Detroit would somehow get a real head coach, he could really do something. I think you really undersell Baker Mayfield. I think Baker Mayfield deserves to be higher than 15. Not a lot higher, but he deserves to be higher. I can see what you're saying there. I agree that Stafford and Ryan, I especially agree with Stafford and Ryan with your takes on them. But those guys were two of the better quarterbacks for the past decade in the NFL. The issue has been the organizations around them, the coaching around them. And Matt Ryan, no Julio Jones for most of the year, bad offensive line. Stafford, a lot of rookies on the offensive line, no uh, Kenny Galladay, no real running game. Adrian Peterson led the Detroit in rushing this year. And that kind of tells you all you need to know about their offense. All right. Uh, you're 18 and 19. There's no way Dak Prescott should be ahead of Joe Burrow. I knew you were going to say that. That's kind of why I put him there. It was very close. I wanted to see just how it would work out here. It's not very close. Joe Burrow is much better than him, and he'll always be better than him. There you go. 21, Jared Goff. Hmm. Actually, I think. So you get past here. It goes to hell after 20, but I want to pick up Jared Goff. So let me pick on Jared Goff. I don't know how you have Jimmy Garoppolo with seven touchdowns and five interceptions ahead of Fitzpatrick. Um, I wouldn't have him ahead of Dalton. I wouldn't see. I wouldn't have him in front of Teddy Bridgewater. I can understand. I did partially look back at his last year and kind of include a little bit of the skill and a little bit of what he did last season into it. But I can understand if you want to take Garoppolo and just throw him off the list entirely, I would be okay with that. I'm not going to die on the hill for Jimmy Garoppolo. All right, Mike Honcho, our resident Cleveland Brown fan, says, one of our resident Cleveland Browns fans says, Breaker proved himself this year. He also said, guy, guy makes the clutch plays on third and long frequently and also lead a few, led a few game-winning drives. If he hadn't fumbled as much as he did, I'd say he's top 10. I, I would say saying he's top 10 is nuts, Mike Honcho. Um, when we look at this list, there's no way. Baker Mayfield could have done much of anything the way he plays to be in the top 10. Remember, if you just go by Sam's 10, are you putting him ahead of Ryan Tannehill? Or are you putting him ahead of Kirk Cousins, who both played well? Derek Carr, Big Ben, Drew Brees. I, I say this. I say that as good as Baker ever gets is bottom of the top 10. I don't know that that'll ever happen in Cleveland because it's still Cleveland. It's the same worry I have for Joe Burrow that he can be ruined by the coaching and the organization itself. So, And also the Browns. Let's not mess it up. The Browns are a running football team. They're run-oriented on offense. There's only so much Baker Mayfield's ever going to get to do in the system he's playing in. Yeah, but is one of the reasons they went run-oriented because they didn't trust Baker? That, I believe the issue, that's when we were calling him a game manager. So around the time they decided to go all run. 
All right, Andy Dalton. You think this is a guy who gets a starting job somewhere next year? I really do. And there's maybe four rookie quarterbacks who would come in and potentially start immediately. I really think it's probably three. But there might be four rookies who come in and start again next year. It takes away a lot of jobs. I still view Dalton as a starter, and at least in somewhere. I think if Dalton ended up in New England, even this year or next year, Dalton in Indianapolis, I think that would be a, a good fit for him. And you know what? Even if he ended up, say Philadelphia somehow found a way to trade Carson Wentz. If he had in Philadelphia, he would make any of those teams better immediately. Well, he would start for the Eagles because he's better than Jalen Hurts. I like Jalen Hurts, yeah. but Jalen Hurts has issues. But I do like him. Um, Tua Tagvialoa, 25. Anything here make you think less of him than you thought at the start of the season? A, a little bit. I mean, I'm, I'm a little more worried about where his peak is because I think we saw a little bit more from some of the other rookies out there in terms of what they could do at their peak. Tua just needs more time, I think. If he's, he's more of a project guy than so Joe Burrow comes in and is ready to start immediately. I can't wait to see what they do to help him this offseason because I think they can the offensive line they could use in their receiver, certainly. I still believe he's going to be a top 15 quarterback in the NFL. I just don't know if he's going to turn to a top 10 one. All right. Does Carolina move away from Teddy Bridgewater? I think this is more likely than what I originally anticipated midway through the year. I think there's a chance they draft someone if they fall low enough or that they get someone maybe even the second round just to push him a little bit. Because Bridgewater, you look at what he did for the year, 3,700 yards, 15 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. That's without Christian McCaffrey, but you have DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. So I do think there is some concerns that Bridgewater is limited in what he'll be able to do moving forward for this team. All right. Mike Honcho says that he beat Tannehill. Talking about Baker. Let me pull up the numbers from that game. Oh, that, was the game they played. that was the game they had a good first half, and then Baker fumbled cost them the game. Yeah, Baker almost lost them the game. He played a great first half. Weren't they up like 38-7 to seven or something, and then Tannehill brought yeah, them back and up. almost won? Yeah, they were up uh, 38-38-7 and ended up being 41-35. Yeah, we won't bring up what happened at the start of, was that last year when the Titans opened up in Cleveland, right? Yeah, we, let's not mention that. <laughs> we won't mention that. Because I'm on Mike's side because I want his team to smack your Steelers right in the mouth. I think they ought to go breathe on Big Ben yeah, I know right now. Have, have Stefanski go give Big Ben a big old kiss. Hopefully in a public bathroom where he forces Big Ben to take the kiss and then Ben gets COVID. That would be perfect. Um, Mitchell Trubisky, dude, come on. You got him at 29 below Gardner Minshew, Carson Wentz, Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, Tua, I, I would move him all the way up mid-20s because, you know, he's going to play this week. He is going to play this. I think he's not going to do that well this week, honestly. I'm not – listen. I'm all out on Teddy Bridge on Mitchell Trubisky. And I'll be honest with you, I know you probably like him more because of the way he's done this year. I think we both agree he's not a no, future I of the Bears don't right like now. Him. I think he's shitty. I also think that having Sam Darnold below him is insane. I think this if you put Mitch Trubisky in New York, they would have no wins. And then they would get Trevor Lawrence. Which is probably what they preferred actually to have happened. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, Trubisky, yeah, I don't like him, which is why. He's down between. I think Carter Minshew has been better in Jacksonville than for most of his career well, in Chicago. I thought you liked Sam Darnold. You got Sam Darnold below him. You got Sam Darnold below him. I know his like, numbers are worse. Two games. Dude, dude, don't He's give more me. talented. Sam Darnold is a stud. He needs a quarterback. He, he needs a coach, and he needs an organization to put players around. People don't realize Sam Darnold is like four or five months younger than Joe Burrow. 
So yeah. Sam Darnold is not a lost cause here. He's a lost cause if they hire another bad head coach. I think the perfect guy in in New York with the Jets would be that Brian DeBall for the offensive coordinator from the Buffalo Bills. Because I think what we saw was huge improvement with Josh Allen and he and the play calling has been great this year. I think I think the OC from Buffalo would be perfect for Sam Darnold. Um I think Sam Darnold can get it done there. No, I think Brian Dibble would really help out, but if Darnold was in the draft, he'd be the second quarterback taken. He's going to get higher grade than Zach Wilson or Justin Fields. So he would have been the second quarterback taken this year's draft. My biggest issue with him is I don't think the point will work in New York. I think he needs a new team. I, I, think, I think that I, think I understand he'll get much better. How about this? It, it don't work if they keep running a team like crap. But I'll also tell you this. If you gave me a pick between Sam Darnold and Trevor Lawrence to be my starting quarterback, I would take Sam Darnold. And I would tell you're insane, and you'll probably come back to me and say you were wrong three years in the future. I would still go well, with Trevor Lawrence. Th this is the thing. You could go with Trevor Lawrence, but there's issues with Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is not Joe Burrow. He's not Andrew Luck. When you watch him play, he has issues. He has issues we saw against Ohio State when he gets pressured also. I don't think he has a great feel for the pocket yet. That could be developed. I think that he has immense talent. I think he is better than Justin Fields. I think that he's better than most of the quarterbacks in that draft. I will say that I just said most because I think the Wilson kid from BYU may be better than him. Zach Wilson is really good. It's going to be hard for me to field ahead of Zach Wilson moving forward. I just don't know. Zach Wilson, he seems like the kind well, of guy you you're picking you, you out smart. Here is this. What you don't get here is this. I think it's possible that Zach Wilson is better than Trevor Lawrence because he does everything better. Okay, Mike. Okay. Well, what's that? Tell me what Trevor Lawrence does better than Zach Wilson. I haven't watched Zach Wilson, Mike. You know okay. that. I haven't done so, that this, yet. This blows my mind because you just sit here and blew off everything I said, and you haven't even seen Zach Wilson play. Because I've seen Trevor Lawrence play. That makes no sense. That's like saying that this girl you just met, you're going to keep going out with her because she's hot, and you're not even going to look at this other girl that somebody told you is even hotter. Yeah, that sounds about that sounds about something I would probably do. Well, you got to at least look. You don't want to be a dumbass. Listen, I'm going to check out Zach Wilson when we get closer to the draft. I've just gotten time to do it yet. I've been watching yeah, Trevor Lawrence for, for three there. years. You just Steve Rizzled me. No offense to Steve because I know he's sick. But when I look at this, you just blew off what I said. You haven't even seen Zach Wilson. I did watch that against Coastal. I did watch that game. I, think I lost that one, too. Yeah. And that was the best worst game to game watch. It's probably not. But you know what? Watching Trevor Lawrence in a national championship game last year or the Final Four this year, probably not the best game to watch either. Good point. I'll take that one. So... What the hell? I'm just telling you. I, I don't understand why everybody will just say, well, Trevor Lawrence is better than Zach Wilson, because most of the people that will say that have not even seen Zach Wilson. They're just going off of what Mel Kuyper, who's a dumbass, tells everybody. And yes, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a stud. I've said that all along, but I've also told you all along, I don't think that he is Joe Burrow-like. Joe Burrow's a dude where you put him in and he's going to be a stud. Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence have issues. 
And I know Justin Herbert had a great season this year, but I'm not sold on him yet because I still see the same issues. If those issues don't get improved, people will figure him out. You know, it was the same thing with Lamar Jackson. I remember last year when I tell you guys, I didn't think Lamar Jackson was that great. Everybody just told me I was nuts and I sounded stupid, but you've got him ranked 14th at the end of this season. Yeah, I do. So I can tell you this. Zach Wilson is a better playmaker than Trevor Lawrence. He has the exact skill set that NFL teams are searching for. You know, and this is the thing. His decision-making is quicker than every one of these guys in this draft. The thing that made Joe Burrow so good was his decision-making. How about this? Do you think Trevor Lawrence in college is better than Deshaun Watson? No. Then how can you say that Trevor Lawrence is hands down going to be a great NFL quarterback? Look, I've seen Trevor Lawrence play for the last three years. I've seen him in person. I have not seen many other quarterbacks do it in person like Trevor Lawrence. I did see guys who didn't buy the NFL level occasionally come to Death Valley and get their asses kicked by Clemson. I didn't see Deshaun well, Watson at Clemson because it wasn't there. I could tell you this. Zach Wilson is more comfortable in the pocket. He has a better feel in the pocket. Against an incoming rush, the thing I see with Wilson that I don't see as much with Lawrence is Wilson keeps his eyes downfield to spot the open man. And when he's forced to wait on these long reads, his feet move, and he's always looking to get the ball to a playmaker instead of just taking it himself. I mean, that's what I saw with Joe Burrow. You only run when you absolutely have to. He has a better feel in the pocket. Like I said, I'm not ripping Trevor Lawrence. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a hell of a football player. Um, Justin Fields, I have more questions with. I would probably put him like number three, maybe number four. But when I look at these guys to play in the NFL, to me, Zach Wilson is the guy that, I mean, the way he releases on deep balls, the high arc, the angle throws, they require immense accuracy and touch. And that's what you need in the NFL to beat man trail coverage by taking the top off the defense. I haven't seen Trevor Lawrence make that throw a whole hell of a lot of you against big time competition. And I mean, hell, BYU. a lot of big time competition lately. Hey. This is the thing. He does. You just said he played Coastal Carolina. BYU schedule this year was probably tougher than Clemson until you get to Clemson playing, you know, in the semifinal game. The best team Clemson played beat the shit out of them. Last year, the best team Clemson played beat the shit out of them. Yeah, after I mean, they beat. After they beat who? Who did they beat? Clemson beat Notre Dame this year. I I'm mean, do we really? After they beat OSU. Yeah, they beat OSU in a game that they were down 16 to nothing in early on. And Ohio State, I don't think, was nearly as good as Clemson. So they should have won that game, and they did. I'm just telling you this. When I watch this, I think there is a 75% chance Trevor Lawrence is going to be a stud. I think there's like an 81% chance Zach Wilson will be. I, I thought coming out into the draft, I thought Deshaun Watson was 100%. I thought Joe Burrow was 100%. I'm just saying, it don't take much to ruin a career. And if one of them goes to the wrong place, that's where you get that 20 to 25% failability. 
And I think this, I think a guy like Joe Burrow and Deshaun Watson, no matter where they go, win or lose, they're going to perform at a very high level. I don't think if Trevor Lawrence was thrown into Houston or Cincinnati, he would have been near as successful. I just don't. Because those teams are messes. But Joe Burrow and Deshaun Watson still performed at a high level. That's all I'm saying. Sam. Well, at least Joe Burrow did for half a season. Well, yeah, because that's the only half of the season he could play because his offensive line was so terrible. The coaching was so bad that he got hurt. And like I said, it's not a shot at Trevor Lawrence. If I had to list the top 10 quarterbacks I've seen in the last decade come out in the draft, Trevor Lawrence would probably be around 9 or 10. Zach Wilson would be 8 or 9. I like Zach Wilson. And you could talk about the quality of competition that they play, but we've seen plenty of quarterbacks come out and be plenty successful coming from lower competition. But BYU is not lower competition. BYU is a Division I college football team. It's not like he, it's when Joe Flacco came out from the Delaware Hens. You know, I mean, we don't know then. Then we're just going off the fact that he's six foot six and he could throw the hell out of the ball, even though he's immobile, because he looks like a quarterback. But with Zach Wilson, we know we've seen him play against really good competition. You know, most of BYU's games, hold on, let's check out their schedule. Only two of them were against ranked teams. So, how many ranked teams? Boise Clemson? State, they played Boise State, and they played Coastal Carolina. Yeah. And the Those thing is this, two games they played, not, ma- played not many points. people put 56 points on Boise State at Boise State. Boise State's a pretty good football team. Correct? It's not like they're absolute crap. Uh, five and two this year. Yeah, that's not – well, one of those two losses was to them. I mean, if you look at yeah. this, BYU, they beat Navy, they beat Troy, beat the hell out of them, beat the hell out of Louisiana Tech, um, UTSA. Houston's a good football team. You going to tell me Houston sucks? Texas State, they suck. Western Kentucky sucks. But Boise State, they Houston scored 51. Three and five. Well, Houston was 3-5 and five this year, Mike. Oh, so that you tell me Houston's good. Like, Georgia Tech is good. So San Diego State's a good football team, aren't they? San Diego State's pretty decent, right? Yeah, UCF is a good football team. Didn't they make UCF? Yeah, they've been in multiple bowl games. I mean, they put multiple running backs in the NFL. Uh, I think San Diego State had a really good record this year. UCF was a really good team, and Zach Wilson destroyed them in the bowl game, forty-nine to twenty-three. That was a game I think was a three-point spread, one way or the other. That's a UCF team that a week or two before that only lost by three in overtime to, to Cincinnati. And, I mean, if anybody wants to question if Cincinnati can play, watch the game against Georgia because Cincinnati didn't get dominated on the offensive and defensive line of scrimmage. That was pretty much an even-up football game that Luke Fickle blew. I love Luke Fickle, but he blew that game. If we look at Clemson's schedule, what's Clemson's schedule look like? UFC 6-4. and four. They played you. Oh. The Tulsa lost. Let's see. Who else they lose to? It was the Aaron lost. What, what about, about San Diego State? Oh, okay. Four and four. Is a good Losses All right. to. This is our Clemson schedule. Nevada, Clemson. Colorado. Dude, come on. Hold on a second. Wait a second. I, I would actually make the case that BYU's schedule was tougher than Clemson. Clemson beat Wake Forest. The Citadel, Virginia. Now, they did beat Miami of Florida, who was ranked. 
They beat Georgia Tech 73 to 7. They beat Syracuse, who sucked. Boston College was an all right team. They barely beat them. Um, they lose to Notre Dame. I know that was about Lawrence, but they beat Pitt. They beat Virginia Tech. And then they beat Notre Dame. I'm telling you, that's not a real impressive schedule either, Sam. Oh, better than what BYU played. Don't even give me that. Oh, don't even give me that. What the hell is that supposed to mean? It's the ACC. How the ACC do in bowl games? They, they actually, I don't know because they gave. I didn't watch the last one. Who did? Did North Carolina win? I didn't check that out. I think they lost, which means you guys lost every bowl game you were in. Correct? Probably. Yeah, I think that's what it is. They lost to. They lost to everyone. Lost. So my take on that is this. You can sit here and say that this guy, I, I don't, I think it's safe to say the Citadel was probably worse than anybody BYU played. Wake Forest is not a good football team. Virginia is not a good football team. Miami's all right. Georgia Tech's horrible. Syracuse is horrible. Boston College is all right. They lost to Notre Dame. Um, they beat Pitt, not a good football team. They beat Virginia Tech, not a good football team. And you could sit here and say, well, Virginia Tech, did they have a winning record this year? It's because they played. I don't know. You look it up. They did. I don't know. Because, I mean, my thing is this. The ACC was so bad that a couple teams had to have winning record. They didn't. Virginia Tech was four and six. Five and six. Yeah. It says four and six on when I popped up. What was, did, did the ACC bowl record? They lost everyone this year, I know. They lost every one of their bowl games. How I think it was like possible? five this year, five or six. Yeah, how is that possible? I mean, if their conference is that good and their schedule was so tough, why is it everybody in their conference lost? Well, they did play out of conference against the Citadel, though. I mean, the Mountain West was two and one. I think that's the conference that BYU is in, correct? At least they won a couple bowl games. It's independent here. Are they an independent? BYU didn't oh, play. Yeah, they BYU had to be played one Mountain West team the entire year. They played mostly Sun Belt teams. Yeah, it was USA. Yeah, it was because of the COVID. Yeah, it was the COVID that killed them. Because actually, I think their schedule at the start of the year was supposed to be relatively tough, wasn't it? But BYU, I, they lost no I don't pay attention to BYU. Yeah. Of course you don't, because you're a Clemson fan. Clemson plays in a shit conference. That's why Dabo Sweeney looks like he's the greatest coach that ever lived. They don't have to beat anybody to get to the Final Four. Yeah. And all these conferences, like the Sun Belt, have Louisiana winning standings at one of their uh, leastern conferences. There's, what the hell? This is Sun Belt's Louisiana what, top schools. You, who does? So it's Sun Belt. Yeah. Louisiana, didn't they beat Iowa State, who ended up ranked in the top 10? Louisiana, I think, was ranked from the start I, of the year. Click on them. If, if you've seen Louisiana play, I think you would know there's a chance they would finish top two or three in the ACC this year. The Raging Cajuns? They had, oh, they have Elijah Mitchell. Okay, I know who that is. They're running back. Yeah, they were a good football team. They smoked Iowa State, who probably would have beat Clemson. <laughs> you wish. Well, you can't prove otherwise because all you did was beat up bad teams and then get and smoked. You can't prove otherwise either, Mike. Yeah, I can't because I watched Ohio State smack y'all with no pass defense. Yes, Why the hell is that? It automatically means like a pastor. 
Yeah. I mean, why would Dabo Sweeney not come out and just throw the ball from the beginning of the game against a team that has troubles defending the pass? Because Atheon is a good running back, but your own line's not that good. And no, if you get in a running game with yeah, you get in a running game for Ohio State with that running back they've got, you're going to lose that nine times out of ten. Well, you got better offensive line. I'll give him that. A lot better offensive line, which is why yeah. Clemson wasn't very good. Which makes Trevor Lawrence more impressive because he's playing behind a bad offensive line. I don't think the receivers are anywhere near what he had last year or the year before. Well, no, because T. Higgins was what, the 32nd pick in the NFL draft, and Justin Ross would have been a uh, first-round pick if he didn't have the surge in the offseason. Yeah, T. Higgins was, I thought, the second-best rookie coming out after Justin Jefferson last year. You know, it is, it's that's funny because you called me one night during the season and told me how shit T. Higgins was. I never did that. I remember calling oh, you that's, and calling oh, me out. No, 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 Mike. No, no, no. No, 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 no. During this season? Yes, during this season. Yeah, because he is shit. Now he's a Bengal. I was talking about coming out of the draft. No, you, you called me during the season. In the season. During the season. During like this five season. Five or six. Yeah, yeah during, during this, this season. season. Yeah, because he drops the ball at a damn time. I'm saying I had him second behind Justin Jefferson. Coming out of the draft. That's all I said. I never said he was awesome this year. I think T. Higgins is a good receiver. I don't think he's going to replace A.J. Green. But luckily, they got Tyler Boyd for that. Where you guys got Chase Claypool. Have fun with that. I will. And a we don't have a quarterback. Our problem. You, you at least I have know. a quarterback. Exactly. So, all right. Well, you guys get to play the Browns in the playoffs, though. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. Well, you should win that game. But, all right, I don't know why our numbers have picked up over the last 10 minutes, but I know Bobby Sheridan is probably happy. And no, Bobby, that doesn't mean I think Trevor Lawrence sucks. It just means that I think Zach Wilson is a little bit better. But I think this, I think the best place to go if you're an NFL quarterback or a college quarterback right now or a coach that wants a job in the NFL is Jacksonville. You got a stud running back. You got a stud wide receiver, both young. You got your pick or whatever you want at quarterback. I think Jacksonville is the only job that's open right now that I really think is an attractive job. Well, they have $100 million in cash space or over $100 million. They've got something like four or five picks in the first 56 selections this year. And they got draft picks in the future. If you can get there, I would totally expect Jacksonville or any other place. Yeah. I would take I mean, it over Houston. I would take that over the Chargers. I mean, Houston has a mess that was left by Bill O'Brien. You might be better off to be the guy hired there in two or three years when they've started to fix it. And the Chargers, I mean, you're in a city that doesn't want the team there. Uh, you've got an owner in Spanos who's a moron. I just think that Justin Herbert's going to have a rough time there unless they pick the right coach. I don't trust that family to pick the right coach for Justin Herbert. No, I don't either. And there's also like there's going to be a money situation there eventually because they have so many guys who are coming up on expiring deals. They can't pay everyone. All right, guys. I want to remind you, you can now find our podcast on anchor.fm. You can go on there. You can actually leave us a tip if you want. You can also leave tips on Rockfin. You can sign up for Rockfin for free with your email. And you can find us all the normal places. TheGrillingTruth.com is back with Sam's power rankings for the quarterbacks today. The NFL team power rankings will be out tomorrow. You get to rank all the teams tomorrow or just the playoff teams? No, I'll rank them all. I'll put them all in there. All right. And I'm going to come up with a mock draft in the next day or two for the hell of it. 
All right, sounds good. Where the Bengals get every pick in the first round, but still end up. We still find a way to go under eight hundred. Yeah, still find a way to go under five hundred. You said eight hundred. You're right because that's where this is. I know probably finishing 800 all the time but all right guys we will be back tomorrow one o'clock to break down sam's nfl power rankings so for now for sam teats i'm my good pastor you've been watching and listening to the grueling truth where the legends speak